going on? It is the Ethos Clippers podcast coming at you on Christmas Eve day after the Clippers lost to the 76ers yesterday. Got a couple days off and no game on Christmas. So a few days for the team to enjoy everything back east. I'm sure that'll be interesting. And we got some basketball to talk about because Kawhi and PG are back. Norm Powell is back. The team is healthy. The Clippers spanked the Hornets and then blew a lead against the 76ers. And so who better to bring on than the man that basically runs clutch points? You see him all the time on Twitter at Tomara Zarli. He's destroying every social content that clutch points has. I mean, he is just the man over there. Tomara back on the Ethos Clippers podcast. What's up, man? Jeez, that was a nice intro. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Uh, all's going well, man. Just, uh, Hope everyone's having a happy holiday season. You as well, Brandon. Thanks for having me on again. And uh, yeah, all's well. Of course. I figure two Jews talking uh, on Christmas Eve day. You might as well just get this over with so that I know I figured you know, <laughs> who could I reach out to today that was going to be most likely available on Christmas Eve day. I'm like, I want to fellow Jew, Tamara Zarlene. So there we go. Um, I want to continue. <laughs> hey, it's true, man. Um, I I want to continue a conversation that you and I started having yesterday on Twitter um, to kick things off. Um, Basically, there was a lot of talk yesterday about how the closing lineup should have probably been without Marcus Morris, without Reggie Jackson, had guys like Norm Powell, um, Luke Kennard. You know, because obviously there's the Kennard, there's Batum, there's Kawhi, PG, there's the whole Kennard plus the Wings lineup. I want to talk to you about how important games are right now, because I talked about this with Andrew Greif in the last podcast. And I'm curious to get your take, because yesterday was certainly a game the Clippers could have won. When you go up by 20 and you come back and win, it's one you should have won. But listen, the Clippers have been on the other end of this this year where they've been down big and come back and won. And the other team, I'm sure, feels the same way. But it does feel like the Clippers at times don't have the urgency that they should in these December, November games, when in reality, these games certainly count just as much as the ones in March and April, and you win these games, and it puts a lot less stress on you in the postseason and in April, then, I mean, it just feels like it's weird the way things are going. I want to get your take on it. Tell me how you feel about what's going on and the Clippers' kind of lack of importance, it feels like, towards regular season games at the moment. Well, I mean, for one, um, that was a bad loss. You cannot lose a game when you're up 20 in that fashion, fully healthy, um, seemingly everything going your way. Uh, I think they held Joel Embiid to like three free throws midway through the third quarter. It was it was a just a pretty good defensive effort uh, for the most part. And I think um, there were a few a few minor things that I thought kind of kind of contributed to that game getting away. Um, Kawhi going too early in the first half shot clock. Um, first half uh, clock, I think he gave the Sixers about seven seconds. They got a rebound scored. <clears throat> uh, there was a Reggie Jackson ill-advised three. There were a couple turnovers that were kind of uh, ill-timed. So um, I-, I think, you know, there definitely was a bad loss. And I don't want to say um, these games don't matter. They clearly do. And I think, uh, you know, I-, I said yesterday that I think if this was after the All-Star break, I think you'd see Luke and, and Norm close out that game. And I think uh, – I was making an implication there that I think was kind of lost on a lot of people. I guess probably on me for not um, fully clarifying that. But um, I believe that if it was post-All-Star, we'd see Luke and Norm because at that point, 
you know, it's post ulcer and you want to play your best basketball and you have your lineups pretty much shut for the most part. Um, what I meant by that is I just believe that right now there's just what there's that was their second game fully healthy. Kawhi not coming off the bench yeah. uh, and starting. So um, <clears throat> I, I, I think from what I've learned about Ty over the last couple of years in this coaching staff is he's a sample size kind of guy um, and he needs uh, 10, 15, 20 games of something set so that he can have a sample size to kind of look at and go, okay, this is what's worked for us. This is what hasn't. Um, here's how we can adjust it. Here's where I think we could do better stuff like that. And so I think we saw that last year when, when uh, Reggie and Eric Bledsoe started for, for a few games together. Uh, a lot of people didn't like it, uh, but he stuck with it because he wanted to build himself a sample size. And that's kind of what I'm bouncing off of that. And, um, you know, previous years, just seeing how he's coached and having conversations with him, he, he just comes off like a sample size guy. To me, that's what yesterday was, the, the loss to, to, the, to the Sixers. Um, I know he, he played Reggie and Marcus in the fourth quarter. Uh, personally, I did not think they were, they were really deserving of those fourth quarter minutes. I thought um, Luke and Norm were definitely the, the better options there. If anything, maybe go with Zoo uh, to counter some Embiid, but they went small without Zoo on the floor, and that, that kind of hurt them. Um, but uh, it, it, yesterday just screamed like a sample size kind of game where, <clears throat> again, that he didn't want to go away from um, something they have set, whether it's um, something he's looking for. Also, don't don't remember, don't 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 forget these guys are coming. Some of these guys are coming off, um, you know, soft tissue injuries, muscle injuries that uh, have them limited. So I know Ty post game said that Zoo was not limited because of the uh, injury or something like that. But I think in the back of their mind that is that is sitting there. So um, that that's kind of what I think played into last night's um, decision making. Like. I, I know a lot of people are upset and they're just they're just going wild saying fire this guy he's not smart. I'm like, but these these guys have spent thousands of hours watching film and and you know breaking down so many different things and they know who works well with who. They have the analytics team. They have everything. Trust me, they know more than myself. They know more than you. They know more than any Twitter keyboard warrior. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I'm just saying it honestly. Like these guys have committed their entire lives to yeah. basketball and to learning this everything that go, that comes with it. So to, to act like, you know, they're, they're, they're blind to something and they're not doing it because they don't see it is, is just, is just dumb to me. They're, they're clearly, in my opinion, um, trying to build some kind of sample size and understand um, what they have over a 10, 15, 20 game sample. Um, the other thing I will say to that, and, and, and this is where I kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, this is what kind of, kind of backs it up for me. Uh, and, and this is a shout out to Justin Russo who brought this up for me when we were talking about it last night. You know how many minutes Luke Kennard played last night with uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Well, he played 21 total minutes, so I would assume something less than 12 or 13. Zero. Wow. He played zero minutes with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. He played with one of them on the court, but not both of them, which clearly tells me you know, Ty the other day said he's trying to stagger Kawhi and PG. Um, John wasn't active yesterday. So there's clearly something they're playing with and trying to figure out here. It's not just uh, like you, 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 you mean to tell me after what we saw in the Hornets game, they don't know that Luke plays well with Kawhi and PG yeah. or with Nico. We know that. But yeah. they're clearly trying to find something out here. And I think, again, based off what all the conversations I've had with, with Ty and, and just seeing how he's operated, he's a sample size kind of guy and he needs to see um, something specific uh, for, for a good amount of games before he can say, okay, now we can go away from this. Now we want to do more of this, yada, yada. And also it's, it's December. You're not trying to overwork guys. Again, 
the win was important. I'm not saying it wasn't. I think you definitely should have won that game. However, that's just kind of how I see things playing out. When I look at all the numbers and kind of um, what game number it was, what, what month it was in the season, um, you know, how many games they've had healthy, that's kind of how I view it. So, Let me ask you something. Because yeah. you mentioned that, obviously, you look at what happened in the Charlotte game. Does it feel like Philly is the right game to go about and try and see if things work without having the three of them on the floor together? It kind of feels like this isn't the game that you would do that, especially when you're up by 20 and you have a chance to pick up a win against Philadelphia, who's one of the tougher opponents on your schedule. Uh, I mean, coming up, they obviously have a couple of games that are going to continue on the road that won't be easy, but I mean, you look at Detroit as the next game, probably a better chance to go about that to see how it looks without the three in the month floor. Does, doesn't it seem like a weird thing to go about and do it against the Philadelphia team that you have a chance to win um, and pick up a pretty good win? I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to debate that. They, they definitely, you know, surprised yeah. me by playing with it a little bit. Um, but I, I think that, um, especially yesterday, it, Ty post game said that uh, he didn't like the way the Clippers offensively were were playing and, and reacting to to the Sixers blitzing Kawhi and PG. Uh, they weren't in the right spots. Uh, it kind of caused some havoc for them offensively, and then that led to a lot of transition opportunities for them uh, for Philly. And we saw Harden just pick them apart, twenty one assists, career high for him. So, um, well, that's been I, definitely, I, in my opinion, not a game that you wanted to kind of mess around with like again I, I'm again I'm, I'm of the belief that you probably should have just play Norman and Luke to close out the game um <clears throat> and and you know I, I don't want to you know forget also that Norman Luke were part of the big run at the end of the third and start of the fourth that got the Sixers from down I believe it was six to like up seven uh, it was like 97 90 by the end of that run when Luke and Norm came out so you know that's also something we can't really forget I know Luke finished a plus 17 Norm was a plus eight but there clearly was a run there made with those two on the floor, and they were hunting Luke uh, repeatedly. I know he's given a great effort defensively, um, and, I, and you can't you know fault that at all. Uh, but it happened with him on the floor, and they they, they didn't they weren't able to react to that and, and, and you know counter that at all. So um, there is that dimension as well. Listen, I know right now it's not looking great for the Clippers to win the NBA title, but if you want to get some good odds for the Clippers to get those guys back and win some money, head over to my bookie. Which team has the best shot? We think it's the Clippers, obviously. Well, gotta tell you, if Kawhi and PG are back, I love those odds. If futures aren't your thing, it's been profitable betting player props this season, thanks to Anthony Davis. Yeah, I know, Anthony Davis, he's a Laker. And Steph Curry. Regardless of what you're betting on, cash in and cash out quick with my bookie using the promo code ETHOS when you make your first deposit. E-T-H-O-S, ETHOS. You heard that right. My bookie will spot you extra cash with your deposit minimum $45, but you can claim the bonus all the way up to 2000 You heard me, 2000 Turn game day into payday when you bet with my bookie. Yeah, no, for sure. And, I mean, the fact that Luke could still be plus 17 in 21 minutes despite being on the floor during the run just tells you how damn good he was in the first th- two and a half quarters. And it's interesting you bring up the whole for blitzing sure. thing because Paul George has been a disaster for the entire year whenever a double team has come at him. It seems like he's... A, tried to dribble around it, and he's going to turn out turnover after turnover. And what's funny about this game, and you mentioned it, there are a couple ill-advised turnovers, is that the Clippers only turned the basketball over 11 times, whereas against the Hornets, I mean, they were turning it over left and right. They committed 27 turnovers. So the turnovers wasn't as much of an issue in the game yesterday. 
And it's funny because it feels like the Clippers are somewhere in between the two games. They obviously beat the Hornets badly, but they also shot 50.5% and were 23 of 49 from three, which is 47%. And, oh, yeah, they're also 21 of 23 from the free throw line. I mean, they shot basically as good as you could possibly shoot in a given game. So they should be winning by 21 in a game like that. And then you look at the 76ers game, and you have that fourth quarter, which wasn't great. And the Clippers, by the way, in that game, still shot 50.5%. So, like, that's back-to-back games where the Clippers shot 50.5%. They were 41 of 81 against Philly, and they were 41 of 81 against the Hornets. I mean, they're exactly the same. It's just that they didn't make as many threes. They were 14 of 38 against Phillies. So it's just they hit more threes against Philly. If they hit the same amount of threes against Philly, then they go and they beat Philly basically the same way they beat Charlotte. uh, So it's just one of those things where it's just the way shots go. And then you can I mean, they were turn. on pace to outshoot them, though. They did make 10 of 19 from three in the first half, and I think they shot four of 19 in the second half. And I think a bunch of that was them not moving the ball as much, not getting as many good looks, uh, partly because they weren't reacting as well to the blitz. I mean, the fourth quarter, they were one of nine from three. And uh, that was the, I think that was a big Nico Batum three. Uh, they gave him the lead, I think like 108, 107. That was their only three-pointer of the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, there were some uh, shots that didn't go down there. There were some good numbers that um, Law posted yesterday about the Clippers. And so he said on the first 19 attempts, the Clippers made 10 threes on their next 19. They made only four and they had 16 paint points in the first half, only 12 in the second half. And they obviously allowed 61 points after halftime, all those stats courtesy of my guy, my guy, law Murray of the athletic. So uh, the defense just wasn't good enough. I mean, that that's the key. The offense can shoot 50%, but as the defense isn't good, then it just shows you how things happen. It's just funny to me that the Clippers turned the basketball over 27 times against Charlotte, and yet they were still 41 of 81 in both games. So the, the possessions are there. It's just about how they go about them and capitalizing off them. And so, like I said, they're somewhere in between yesterday's collapse and destroying Charlotte. But what we're seeing is that this team fully healthy is really good. And it's yesterday Clippers only played nine guys. And I've been saying that time and time again, when people have been crying for guys like Robert Covington and myself included, that I think Rocco has his has a chance to play in some of these small ball lineups. And people were crying for Musa Diabate and how he should be a part of the rotation. It's like this team's not going to play that many guys. Like when healthy, this team is only going to play ideally nine guys in the postseason. And John Wall didn't play yesterday. And what that kind of shows you is that one of John Wall, Reggie Jackson, probably expendable from this team because you're going to go ahead. You're going to play Kawhi, Marcus, PG, and Zoo. And then you're going to play Batum, Powell, Mann, and Kennard. And so it's there probably is not room for both those point guards. Um, but we've talked about that's too early, obviously, to choose who you're actually going to go without. But what we're seeing, man, is that the Clippers are really good with a healthy team. It's just obviously staying healthy. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think coming into the year, you knew that they had a lot of guys who um, some might not play, some might play. Um, there could be stretches where they don't play and uh, guys who kind of have to live with that. Fans who kind of have to live with that. But yesterday definitely did feel like a Robert Covington type of game. but. Yeah. Um, Again, these guys know, I think, what, what they have ideas on what works well, but I think they want to, um, <laughs> I don't know if you want to call it building trade value or <clears throat> um, building up a specific sample size with, with certain guys on the court, certain lineups together, but um, it just felt really evident to me by the end of the game and after thinking about it that, not that they didn't win the game, but they're trying to build something over over 
a few weeks here. Um, you know, I remember I asked uh, Tyler the other night, I think it was on Saturday against the Wizards, uh, when he kind of, he was like, you know, um, not upset, <coughs> but he was giving me a little bit of attitude when I asked him um, how many games together they want to see healthy before they can, you know, kind of prepare sample size. And he said, let's get 15 games whole in a row, and then we'll go from there. Um, so, again, this, it's just before they can make any moves, especially like like playing Roko or anything like that, I think I really think they just want to see what they have right now. I, I just I can't think of anything else like these guys aren't blind to what works that they know. They, they see what, what works well together. So um, I think John not playing yesterday was that kind of interesting because that was a lot of it was a big opportunity for Norman Luke to handle the ball. And I think for the most part, they did a pretty good job of it uh, until the fourth quarter. I mean, I think Norm had three, <clears throat> three turnovers. Yeah. One of them was just like losing the ball out of bounds in the first half. Just, just very like, can't really blame him for that. He was being aggressive going to the basket. But um, so I thought they did a decent job playing that kind of backup point guard. Terrence Mann did as well. I think he, had a, he was a plus six or seven in his in his eight minutes. So uh, I mean, all in all, it was a decent game for most of the guys, honestly. Uh, I mean, but but when like I think you mentioned some of the lost stats. Like I think he said that Joel Embiid outscored Kawhi and PG in the second half alone. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. Um, well, when, when, when you're on the road and, and you're struggling to score from the other from the other guys, it's just not going to get it done. Well, PG was four of eight in the first ha- first quarter, I believe, and then three of ten after that. Um, I think is what Law said. So it's that it's very not, strange. Very strange. Sorry. Yeah. Well, very strange that he just disappears like that at times. That always happens, and I feel like it, when we when the Clippers lose, you can usually look at PG and see what happened with him because he just has these moments where he's super aggressive. And he was really aggressive in the first quarter, and he looked good. And then he just fades away. And you wonder, because it's weird, he has the look of a guy who can be the number one. And then he just goes and takes a back seat, which is so strange and something he shouldn't be doing. It's it's odd. But what we're seeing yeah. is that with PG being right and Kawhi being right and Norm Powell being right, and then Batum as a great complimentary piece, I think I understand that it's easy to look at yesterday's game and say, damn, the Clippers let one get away, and they did. But I think the bigger picture, and I think what's more important, is that this Clippers team is going to be really good and win a lot of games when healthy. I mean, you look at what they have coming up, and obviously I mentioned Detroit, and that should be an, a very easy win against a Pistons team that, frankly, isn't very good. Then you play Toronto, who you're probably going to be without Kawhi, so I throw away the second unit back-to-backs. And at Boston, Indiana, two very good teams, but the Clippers are good enough to beat both those teams. So it'll be really interesting to see how the Clippers handle the rest of the games this year, these next four, um, against Detroit, Toronto, Boston, Indiana, to wrap out wrap up 2022. Because when healthy, I think the Clippers are one of the best teams, if not the best, in the Western Conference. And you have the chance to show it when you're healthy. And if you're going to go and sit Kawhi against Toronto, which – is possible. It's also possibly sits against Detroit. Um, we'll see what the Clippers want to do. Then you got to think, you know what? Like, well, we got to win the other games. If we're going to go ahead and possibly tank the second game of back-to-backs, then we got to win these other games. So it's, but what we're seeing, Tomer, is the Clippers are really good. And in one game, it was turnovers. That was an issue. Another one, it was just the defense that wasn't an issue. It feels like this is just basketball. I mean, it's a game of runs. And some of these games feel like they wouldn't happen in the postseason. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. I don't think there's any um, 
disagreement in my mind about that. I mean, again, you, you don't want to lose these games. I think you do need to start winning games for sure. Um, I think yesterday was definitely a, a tough loss considering how well they played in the first half and how out of the kind of Philly looked despite and be playing well and Harden playing well. But, you know, I mean, it's a game of runs. Philly had won six in a row. They have the number two defense in the league right now. Um, there are no slouches right there. So um, I definitely could see Kawhi rushing against Detroit to have that Kawhi homecoming, uh, the Toronto homecoming. Um, you know, Toronto's been struggling a little bit, but always a tough matchup. Um, you know, Boston, Indiana, we, we've, we've seen what they're doing. Those are solid teams there. So, um, I, I think we'll, we'll learn, we'll learn a bit about the Clippers during this trip I mean, they're finally healthy. Hopefully <clears throat> Kawhi only has to miss one game there and, um, you know, we'll really see what they're, um, how they look, what, what kind of lineups Ty uses, what, what he, what he wants to see out of certain guys or certain lineups. I think a, a lot of this is just going to be about, um, you know, sampling different things over the next couple of weeks, assuming they stay healthy. Um, I just think they're going to be playing with a lot of things and toying with a lot of things to see what, who works well with who. Um, and, and again, heading into the all-star break, hopefully if they stay healthy, I think that'll, that'll give everyone a good idea, give them a good idea of who they want to use more, how they want to play more, yada, yada. Um, yeah, yeah, I just, I think, I think that's where we're at. I think we'll, we'll see a lot out of this team in the next couple of weeks if they stay healthy. So it should be fun. You know, what's in, you know what's interesting? Um, I think we're going to find out very quickly whether the Clippers are serious about winning some regular season games, because if you are serious about winning every game, then you would sit Kawhi against Detroit, who has the worst record in the NBA, and play him against Toronto, which is going to be a tougher game, because you have a better right. chance of a Toronto game with Kawhi, and if you want to sit him, then the game to do it is Detroit, in, in terms of playing the matchups and figuring out which game you can and can't win. Um, so I mean, I think we'll figure out pretty quickly whether the Clippers are serious about winning each game or if they just want to go ahead and give Kawhi a certain amount of rest between each game. Because if they want to do that, then you go ahead, you'll take those couple days rest that the Clippers have right now, play them against Detroit, win that game, and then sit them against Toronto and then play them a couple days later. So we'll see in, if it's more important to get him a certain amount of rest between games or if it's more important. I mean, if he if he doesn't play against Detroit and plays against Toronto, he'll have was it three days off between the Philly game and the Toronto game? Yeah. So he'll have not bad. You get then you get Toronto, then you get you know Boston and uh, Indiana, which is all have a day between. So it could be good for him before this big stretcher. I think the Toronto is the game that he wouldn't want to miss, given he, he won a title there and everything. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think you you need to start seeing them win some games. I know I said that I think they're they're only two games out of it. I think two or yeah two point five games out of the first seed in the West. Uh, everyone is still very average. Now, granted, they're also two and a half games out of the 10th spot in the West. So um, you can't just be dropping games. But, yeah, I mean, looking at it here, they have the second-best road record in the Western Conference at 8-8. Eight and eight. They're behind the Denver Nuggets, who are 9-8. and eight. Uh, I guess the Sacramento Kings and the, the Portland Trailblazers, Portland Trailblazers are also 500 on the road. So, um, you know, really 2.5 games out of the first seed, 2.5 ahead of the, the 10th seed. Um still wide open i think you know definitely want to avoid a playing spot but this is still wide open you just you you, you just got your team back second game together fully healthy uh and it's december 24th so i think i think they'll be fine i think i think they'll figure it out i think we'll see them start to string together you know these maybe four five six seven game winning streaks and um you know really get ahead of the pack here with the rest of the western conference hopefully um but yeah i don't think there's anything you know no one really sticks out of the West right now, so I think that they really have that going for them. Um, 
you know, New Orleans, I think, has lost like lost four in a row. Um, to yeah, they lost the Bucks, the Suns, and the Jazz twice. So you know, just as just as they were looking up, you know, here comes Denver, and then they lose four in a row. So uh, the West is wide open. Clippers have been a good team on the road. So I think there's a lot to look forward to over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think when you look at the rest thing, by the way, Kawhi can either get two and two or three and one. Like if he gets those three days off then plays against Toronto, then he has one day rest before that game on Thursday, or do the Clippers want to do two full days off between both games? I think that's that's kind of what we'll see, and we'll find out very quickly whether the Clippers prefer the two and two, or if they the want... Two and, the two and two makes act, makes so much sense, but it's Toronto. I just can't right. see him sitting out that game. Yeah, I, I, exactly. And I think that's what I mean, is that you would think that he wouldn't sit that game, but if he does, that means that we can look at the schedule, and we can look at what's happening with the Clippers, and be like, okay, Right now, all they care about is him getting a certain amount of rest between games. That has nothing to do with what the schedule looks like and who the opponent is. Because we've seen time and time again on a double, I mean, on a back-to-back, where people have been like, oh, no, he's going to play the harder game. Well, we can now definitively say after Monday slash Tuesday that it has nothing to do with the opponent if he plays against Detroit. And it has everything to do with rest. So we'll find out. But piggybacking what you're saying about the uh, conference – I mean, we talked about it yesterday briefly when we were going back and forth on Twitter where I said, you know what, all that's important right now is the Clippers get top six spot because I don't think people understand that the amount of wear and tear that goes on your body in a must-win game, do or die, that we saw like the Clippers play in last year. I mean, you look at the game against Minnesota and how many minutes PG had to play, and then you look again against the game against the Pelicans um, – and I mean, was it, was it the Pelicans that he played first or Minnesota? I think it was Minnesota first. He played Minnesota first. Didn't yeah. play against the Pelicans. Exactly. Okay. So then you look at the Pelicans and how many minutes you're asking other guys to play because PG had COVID. And those two extra games are huge because if you don't play in the play-in tournament, then you go ahead and you have a solid probably five to six days rest. But if you do play in the play-in tournament, you're playing two days most likely after your regular season ends. And then you're playing again, let's say Friday is the final game of the play-in tournament, you play again on Sunday. So the Clippers need to avoid doing that because you start a playoffs off with Kawhi and PG playing 38 minutes or so in a must-win game. You're already behind the eight ball with how much rest you're going to want to give these guys because they're going to be playing every every other day. So it really feels like that the regular season is so important and you can probably hear my kid crying in the background. Um, he just woke up. That it's a top six. That's just absolutely massive. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely you know you're 100 percent right. You don't want to be in the playing tournament. I would argue last year. I, I well, the argue. I, I I don't want to speculate, but like, especially during COVID season, there's a chance that just traveling to Minnesota, he may have gotten it there. Um, so that's another thing you kind of put yourself at risk for. Um, maybe having to play that as an extra couple of games, um, ex- potential exposure. So, um, definitely think that, you know, you want to avoid the playing tournament. I think they will. I think they'll figure it out eventually. I think last year was a very clear, you know, they, they, they had a chance, um, to take out Minnesota. They got Carl Towns to foul out. And I think they, they learned from that experience in general. So, um, I think they, they have a sour taste in their mouth from last season. And I think it, it, it'll, it'll start being put together. Uh, over the next few weeks. I really believe that. I think they have, uh, I counted four back-to-backs before the All-Star break, uh, four or five. So uh, really, really a chance here to put some good games together, um, 
stay healthy for the most part, hopefully. And uh, we should be seeing uh, a lot more of what we'd expect, what we expected to. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Tomer, my kid's up, so I'm going to go and help out the wife. I appreciate you joining me at Tomer Azarli on Twitter. Follow his stuff at Clutch Points app. Um, he does all the stuff that's social, Clippers related. Anything else you got to promote, Tomer? Uh, I just had an exclusive with Nicholas Batum where I talked to him about, uh, you know, France giving up on him and how the Clippers recruited him to L.A. when he had the Warriors and Bucks calling. So I definitely want to plug in that Nicholas Batum article. Check it out. I worked uh, worked tirelessly on that one. Got some good quotes from Rudy Gobert and Tony Parker. So definitely check that one out. Awesome. Tomer, appreciate the time, dude. Oh, thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. And happy holidays. You as well. And happy holidays to all of our listeners. Hope you have a great Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever you do celebrate. Um, it's been a pleasure having everybody with you for 2022. We'll have another episode before the calendar turns to 2023, but it's always great. The support is outstanding. Really do appreciate it. He's Tomer Zarli. I'm Brandon Marcus. Until next time, have a great holidays. We'll talk to you in a couple of days and go Clips. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.